Hi everyone, my name is Talia Smith and I'm the curator of the 2020 Churchy Emerging Art Prize. This evening I have with me artist and Commendation Prize winner Georgia Morgan. To start, I was wondering if you could please talk us through the work that you've created for the Churchy. Um, so the work I made for the Churchy um, is like a sculptural installation. Um, the work that was originally curated into the show uh, first of all like doesn't exist anymore it's been like disassembled and also um, like I live and work in Lutruwida, Tasmania so the like you know to freight something of that scale to Brisbane was uh, kind of impossible <laughs> um, at this point <laughs> um, so um, uh, Llewellyn, who works at the IMA, came up with the, you know, put to me, like, how do you feel about coming to Brisbane and making the work here? And I guess, you know, I, well, what I said was the thought crossed my mind, but I didn't sit there for long because, you know, in this current climate, I didn't know if that was a possibility. But, you know, um, that, that definitely seemed like... Um, the way to get the best result for the show, for the work. Um, yeah, so I'm, I feel really like grateful that that was able to happen. Um, I'm actually still in Brisbane. <laughs> um, so um, the work that was curated was like this structure um, uh, clad with found materials. Um, and uh, it was the first time I did something like large scale sculptural installation or like that. Um, uh, so um, yeah, the work I made here um, is similar in the way that I built a structure um, for kind of walls, stage flaps that could be then put together again um, in the gallery space. Um, uh yeah so um <laughs> the it was it was difficult i had a hiccup when i first came here i guess how i i, I work have been working in tasmania like the tip shops are a huge part of my practice and um being able to go to these um places and find um i guess like junk rubbish um you know, there's a lot to choose from. I kind of thought I, I would be able to source materials in a similar way here. So um, I spent the first like two weeks driving around, going to all these um, demo places, use building material sites. And um, there's a, it's not the same culture as like, uh, uh, I guess recycling junk or trash in Tasmania. Like most of the, all of the stuff really is um, usable building materials. Mm -hmm. um, and so I guess like when I start making or working, I try and think about what I want the work to do rather than what I want it to look like. And then through finding the materials and stuff that like informs, um, yeah, I don't know the next step till I've done the first one. So that was, uh, frightening in a way to come here and be like, whoa, like I can't find things or work in the way I usually do. But um, on the, on like my second day here, I did see a few things. Um, 
Uh, it was like this giant cardboard tube and some weird green like latex material and like the ends of string that looked like bananas. And I thought, um, oh, that looks like a banana tree. I'll make one of those. So yeah, uh, I guess I should say what the work is about. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, I, I, I began Skyping my mum, who is in Sydney from Hobart and we spoke about um, the, the Kampong she grew up in, in Malaysia. And so Kampong is a Malay word for village. And um, the village she grew up in was like uh, across the river from a rubber plantation. And um, the jungle uh, surrounding it doesn't exist anymore. Obviously neither does the rubber plantation. Um, there's not really any documentation of the place. So I guess that dialogue was an exercise in me trying to like um, imagine this place that uh, is, has been unimaginable to me. I guess like I have ideas of what it's like, but you know, hearing stories as a child and stuff, it's very like exaggerated or cartoonish in my mind. Um, so, um, and her way of talking to me, um, I found frustrating at first because she told me more like anecdotal stuff about her neighbors, about things that happened, arguments. Um, but I, I was more interested in what the place looks like and trying to get a lay of the land. Um, but I think that, um, you know, after our, like after having two conversations, I, uh, accepted the information I was getting and thought it was um, cool and a, you know, a, a really rich way to imagine this place. Um, so I want, I, the starting, what I wanted to do, I guess, is make tangible uh, a place or a feeling of the place, make tangible something like I've never seen exist or experience. Um, and um, yeah, so, when I saw those materials that looked like a banana tree, they were everywhere there. Um, and I guess like being in Queensland, um, you know, there are also banana trees here. I don't know if that had much to do with it, but I think it's, it's just, it's kind of cool. I like being in one place and feeling things from another. Um, and um, so I made this banana tree. Um, which, you know, wasn't anything like the curated work, but I, I just wanted to start making and rip the bandaid off. And I feel good when I see um, physical evidence of work. Um, and then once I made it, it, it didn't look very much like art to me. It looks kind of more like a placeful prop. Um, so I, yeah, um, I, but that was cool because in, in the time making it, I, I guess like riding my bike around or just being in the city, I realised that the river was a very defining part of the Brisbane landscape. And um, the river is also a defining part of my mum's like camp on land, landscape. Um, so um, I guess like, I saw like a superpositioning of places with that marker. Um, and then rather than putting the banana tree I made itself in the gallery, I thought it would be good to use as like 
a prop in a photo or, you know, like, um, so I took it down to the river in Pinkenbar, which is an industrial area and a photographer, Charlie Hillhouse, um, photographed me by it. And um, I think how I was thinking about this, like, I guess, self-portrait is me embodying my mom and like putting myself in that landscape or um, bringing part of that here. Yeah. So, um, I feel like I've gone <laughs> off track. No, it's not very succinct. <laughs> um, very good. Okay. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was the first thing I made, and um, that was cool. And I hadn't made, I hadn't kind of brought items into a physical landscape and documented them there, or um, so. Um, that was kind. That was almost like a work but I then I just yeah the structure um sculptural work I built the frame and I found these really nice like hardwood timbers on Gumtree that were like really like ridiculous to work with um broke so many drill bits uh Sarah Polgrain who was an artist who I've been working in Wreckers here she helped me and um, it was a full day of uh, wrestling <laughs> timber. Um, yeah. Uh, and then once, yeah, I don't know, I guess, yeah, uh, I found it difficult to know what to do next once the structure was there because I think I kind of like was confused about what it meant anymore. Um, I, I did find um, like some materials, um, I ended up pasting the image of um, that that the self-portrait onto a side of like the structure, and the structure remained unclad on two um, sides, uh, which I kind of liked because um, you know I guess something that catches me is the idea of like here and there or like not here, not there and in between. So rather than making something that's solid and sound, it was more like open and like a flavour of something. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Speaking of the materials that you've used, um, why is it important for you to source secondhand or recycle or, you know, like that seems to be a lot of at least part of the original structure that we had, um, I had seen, and then this one that you've made. Yeah. Why, you know, why is that important rather than like getting you just curious? Um, I guess I'm still figuring that out because um, I think, you know, I'm really attracted to real life things and I don't like concealing stuff or trying to hide stuff. Um, I like things the way they are. Um, I think, you know, uh, a lot of the time when I find stuff at the tip, um, it's like devoid of its utilitarian function. And sometimes I don't even know what this material object um, was originally used for. So in that way, it's, um, I'm selecting it because of its like color, texture, shape, weight, and it just is like this sculptural thing. Um, Whereas, yeah, I guess going to a shop and buying something kind of takes away <laughs> some yeah. of the magic. Um, 
And like, I, I guess like, you know, I, I would like to do postgrad studies because I'm not that good with kind of like academia and stuff, but I did um, read some stuff like about junk art, which, you know, is really dated. Um, but, um, you know, this, this, I guess, you know, it kind of like challenges or inverts what is like thought to be beautiful. Mm. Um, and, um, I, I like that. <laughs> um, yeah. I think there's also, um, you know, there's a lot of writing and I think it's quite, um, pertinent to your work about, uh, objects and I guess the histories and memories that they hold. So, yeah. you know, despite the fact that you were using objects that are removed from their original context, they still imbued within them with all, in all of the notches that are taken out and, or, you know, like the little um, scratches or whatever that's left yeah. on this object. You know, they speak to a, a sort totally. of life that has been lived and you might not know what that life was, but it's still, there's something quite beautiful about that, knowing that it was something yeah. before. Um, yeah, de definitely. And like, I think also something like that, that I, I haven't thought of this in a while, but definitely when I first started using materials like that, I just recently got him back from um, India and um, like the Hindu practice of puja, which is physical offerings to gods. Like sometimes you use beautiful real flowers, sometimes you use plastic flowers, sometimes you use gold or sometimes you use gold foil or tin. And um, it doesn't really like, just cause it's like the foil is gold the plastic is the most special flower. And I really like the idea that if, if you believe something, then it's real. And so using these kind of like worn or like, yeah, materials with history or whatever, but setting the intention for what they mean or do, then like kind of like uh, transforms them or makes yeah. it so, yeah. No, there's this, um, I'm writing in my um, thesis about uh, I guess this kind of idea of um, objects and um, how, like in the Pacific Islands, a lay is, you know, made out of real flowers usually, but there's a lot of plastic ones, as we know, you know, like that's where we, we usually use plastic ones in Australia or New Zealand. They're bulk and mass produced, but um, there's this piece of writing about one artist and it is saying that the author, it's not about, like being authentic is not about using the real flowers and using this, like you're saying, like gold or whatever. It was about, um, at least in this person's work, it was about just en masse how much was shown. You know what I mean? Like in, yeah. in the living room, it was like how much was decorated with all of these signifiers of the Pacific Islands. That's what the authenticity was about. Didn't matter yeah. what the material was. So yeah. that's also something kind of, relevant to your work, I think, too. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess, um, I don't know, that kind of like reminds me, like, you know, in terms of authenticity or whatever, like I mentioned in our group chat that like, um, you know, when I'd gone to temple with my um, Hindu like family, like I felt like upset because I was ready for this special thing and then, everyone did the hand actions and knew what to do. And I was just standing by completely out of the loop. And then afterwards I was like, you know, why do you do this? Or like, why do you put like that color rather than that color? And um, 
the answer I got was like, I don't know, it's just what we do. And um, so like culturally, like it's, I guess, you know, that's like a religious practice, but it's so just cultural that there's, you know, the, the meaning, it's still special, even if like my uncles and aunties don't know how to tell me what it means, they know what it means. And so like, um, I guess, you know, in terms of authenticity, like when I research things like that and I'm on the internet, like reading what it's about, that feels less real to me than the answers I get from my family, even though yeah. the stuff I get on the internet is more of an answer. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, like having, yeah, and even though you were frustrated by your mother's process of telling you about um, the anecdotes of surrounding her growing up rather than the physical things. It, I feel like, I mean, I don't know if you felt this, but just you telling me about it, it was like, that was actually kind of more of a genuine experience, right? Oh, definitely. Like, you know, her telling you these rather than like, yeah, um, it looked like this and it did this, you know, like, definitely. It's, yeah, it's interesting that kind of like frustrations because you're looking at it as a perspective of being an artist that you want to recreate something yeah but then you're also like well actually that's the more authentic thing is her telling me what yeah. it meant you know in her life yeah definitely and I think that's like you know I you know when you have preconceived ideas about how a work's gonna go it kind of limits you and like yeah I mean I struggled but then I got over it <laughs> like not over it but I was able to see like yeah, that it was like a lot more richer than I could have imagined. And um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely more, um, makes it more tangible than just knowing what color the soil is or like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you often explore elements of um, being a part of the diaspora or, or at least um, the politics or, I mean, I use the word politics just for lack of a better word around um, identity within your practice or is this like kind of work um not one-off but like that's sort of the only one that you've really gone as in depth into it no like it's definitely something i've done for the past couple of years probably has been holding me but i guess personally i don't think of it as me um engaging with the politics or even about like a larger, like the, the larger idea of diaspora definitely fits into that. But I think like um, what uh, interests me, what, what I'm thinking about is like, I think place mm -hmm. and like, uh, I guess it's like, like it's, it's yeah. Like, um, like feeling connected to more than one place. Um, and uh, I guess it is the diaspora. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you can, I, I can read this book that's next to me. What is, what is that? Dialogues in the Diaspora. <laughs> cool. It is um, very much about, uh, yeah, place and what, the, what place can mean um, in terms of being someone who is part of a diaspora you know whether they're second generation first generation whatever um yeah. and I do I definitely think that your work is on the cusp of really getting digging deep into that and what what that can mean um 
yeah in terms of place i mean you just you you articulated it very beautifully when you spoke about that the you know making this work in situ and then you decide that to have that photograph down by the river because the river is incredibly important in brisbane but it was also incredibly important to your mum yeah and also you live at the, well you live in brisbane at the moment but but usually you live in hobart which is an island which is surrounded by water so yeah, like, really. you know, that's like the theme that goes through all of it. And I think there's a lot of really interesting um, layers in your work that um, I think you're starting to connect with, which is really exciting. Yeah, I, I feel like um, I know what I'm doing enough, but I feel like I could, that, that I have, a ways to go in understanding why or like yeah like like making this work like I like you know probably a week a week and a half out I felt like I felt like I was really about to do or say something um like yeah <laughs> and um I you know like when you almost have something yeah, um, yeah. and then I'm really, I feel happy about, I feel good about the work. And I think that I, I'm pleased with what like I did in like the four week time frame. But yeah, I guess like, you know, thinking about like, I guess, you know, it's like this thought in progress and it's constantly ticking along, mm. but it does it ever get there? Like, yeah. I, I don't think no. so. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's like an overarching question that you're always going to be exploring, you know, like it just might go in different ways sometimes and it might work out and other times it won't. And that's frustrating and annoying, but I do, I, I don't think, I think that's we as artists, I don't think we ever find the answer. Yeah. We find ways of trying to get to the answer. Yeah. But I don't think we necessarily get the answer all the time. Yeah. Well, I like work like that I think work that I like seeing isn't uh doesn't have a full stop on the end of it you know like unresolved works don't mean like you know just like yeah it speaks to stuff um beyond or between language and like communication that we have anyway that's cool but yeah <laughs> I think that um Again, I think that relates really well to your work. I wanted to just before we wrap up, um, I I think that the title is quite um, important to your work because it's really informative. And also, you you spray painted that onto the actual structure, didn't you? The title as yeah. well. Um, if you can talk about the title and obviously say what it is again, that would be great. I know what it is, but I just want you to say <laughs> just in case you're like trying to test me. Title is this dream is real. Um, yeah. Okay, no, no one's asked me about the title before. Um, yeah. Um, I guess like, you know, sometimes when I'm working, uh, I know when something's wrong and I know when something's right. And when I thought of that title, it felt really right. I think it relates to a whole bunch of stuff, but I guess something like I think about or like like I believe is that we have like inherent knowledge and stuff. So like uh, my connection, feeling, understanding of this place um, is real. Mm -hmm. um, me uh, attempting to make tangible 
this place. Uh, I don't know, like real, I think, yeah. Um, this dream is real. Like, I guess like, it kind of like just says what it is. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, I think it's really important to the reading of the work. Um, yeah. You know, when you uh, read your statement about it and then you look at the title, you know, I just think it's really important uh, in kind of solidifying what the work is about. And Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I, I, I feel, um, like, uncomfortable with, like, how I'm, like, at a loss for words right now. Um because, like, I know what it means. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess just, like, I guess it even relates to a lot of stuff we've touched on, you know? Like, uh, if I believe something, then it's true. Um, like, with Puja, this isn't the, this isn't gold, but it means that. And I guess, you know, uh, it's, a, it's, like, imagining these things and making them real or... Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, like, uh, who is the authority on what is real and what is not real when it comes to experiencing parts of your ancestral history, you know, like, yeah, no authority on it. None of us were there. You weren't there. Your mum is not there anymore. There's no um, photographic yeah. evidence or books or anything like that. So there is also that too, I think, yeah. that um, really comes across in the title as well.